You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we might be in in the middle of January, in the middle of the, the Giants offseason, but uh, lots of news to talk about. We found out on Wednesday morning that uh, former Giants general manager George Young will finally be in the Hall of Fame. We've also got lots of uh, interesting stuff to talk about with uh, with the hiring of Joe Judge as head coach and the uh, the hiring of, of assistant coaches to work with uh, with Coach Judge. Here to uh, to help me talk about all of that, break all of that down, is veteran New York Post columnist and a guy who's uh, who's been a good friend of Big Blue View around the, the Giants facility, Steve Serby. Steve, thanks for coming on. Hey, my pleasure, Ed. Hey, so, uh, so before we recorded, and we are recording on, on Wednesday morning, we found out this morning that, uh, that George Young will finally be uh, elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame your immediate thoughts on on that news? Well, long overdue, George Young uh, resurrected the Giants franchise uh, back in 1979 when uh, they hadn't uh, 15 years of lousy football. We've had enough. Remember that? And uh, I think you were the one that flew the banner overhead, weren't you, Ed? (laughs) I I don't know about that, but, uh, but I have been sort of banging that drum for a while. Yeah, you know, you know, everybody, all many Giant fans, any Giant fans that know the history of the franchise know about the fumble and the, the fans uh, flying that banner over Giant Stadium, and uh, the franchise was in absolute disarray. And uh, uh, Tim Mara and Wellington Mara, uh, the owners, were engaged in a feud that uh, Pete Rozelle eventually solved or helped solve by uh, getting Don Shula's right-hand man, who happened to be George Young, who uh, turned out to be the Hall of Fame choice. What a, what, a, what a choice that was. Changed the course of Giants history, brought two Super Bowls, brought Phil Sims in 1979 and Lawrence Taylor in 1981, and then later on Michael Strahan in 92, I believe. Uh, and and also, don't forget Mark Bavaro was a fourth-round pick. Now, Young made his mistakes like everyone else. Jared Bunch was a first-round pick. Eric Moore was a first-round pick. The year that Jumbo Elliott was a second-round pick. 
Uh, Derek Brown, the tight end, all first-round mistakes. But, you know, they all make mistakes. But the good that George Young did far outweighed the bad. And, and by the way, oh, go ahead. By the way, you know that you know that Joe Judge was not even born when Lawrence Taylor was drafted. Oh man, <laughs> you know that's 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 crazy to uh, to think <laughs> about to think about that. Steve, you and I are getting old. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I don't draft know. So... In, I looked it up. I looked it up. I knew you wanted to have me on. And uh, the draft, the Lawrence Taylor draft, was in April um, uh, of '81, and Joe Judge was born New Year's Eve, 1981. Wow! So uh, brand new era for the Giants, and and you know we'll get to that for a second. I did want to ask you one more George Young question before we uh, before we we talk about uh, the hiring of Joe Judge, but it's interesting to me how. George Young is still talked about around the Giants facility, how it still feels like, you know, although the game has changed and the people have changed, it still feels a lot like George Young has an impact on the way the Giants do things. Well, yeah, because after George Young came Ernie Accorsi, and uh, they were they were buddies, uh, and they were philosophically aligned. Parcells was philosophically aligned with George Young. Uh, Tom Coughlin was philosophically aligned with Parcells. Dave Gettleman is philosophically aligned with Coughlin and and Young and Parcells. They all believe bigger is better. It was George Young who coined the phrase "dance of the elephants." He he wanted he wanted to win in the trenches, and uh, and the Giants under Gettleman certainly certainly believe that way now the game has changed obviously but um you know it's the northeast carter smash mouth uh, approach that uh the giants still still cling to and and you and, know we will oh go ahead no i was gonna say um by the way i do you know guess who tim mara wanted as the gm before george young was was reached as the solution Tim Mara, that, Tim Mara wanted Gil Brandt. Well, that wouldn't have worked out so bad. No, probably wouldn't have been. But uh, <laughs> Gil Brandt's still going strong. But uh, that was interesting. I, I thought that was very interesting. Gil Brandt would have been a great choice too. But no complaints with the Hall of Famer George Young. George yeah, that... Young always. I remember he, he he used to say when he was looking for a head coach. Now, his, now Ray Hanley was a mistake, obviously, after Parcells left. But uh, what he was looking for in a head coach was someone who was maladjusted and a masochist, somewhat of a masochist, uh, and someone, <laughs> someone with thick skin. Now Ray Hanley didn't pass those tests at all, and then he had a he had a pivot to Dan Reeves, who was his third choice after Coughlin and Dave Wanstead. Uh, turned the job down. Once that ended up coaching the Bears, Coughlin ended up going back to Boston College. But uh, look, the guy's a Hall of Hall of Famer. George Young should have been in years ago. All right. So, speaking, uh, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about Joe Judge, and I don't know if he passes the George Young maladjusted test, but. 
the first thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, before we even talk about Judge, how long have you been at the Post now? Well, 1972 was my first year before you were born, and uh, uh, I was at, I've been at the Post ever since, except for a brief excursion at the uh, New York Daily News in in '93 for 16 months in '93 and part of '94. So, so first of all, I have to say that you know, thank you for for making me a whole lot younger than I actually am. But, uh, but you know, but any beside the point, I just kind of wanted to establish that in case people weren't you know weren't sure how long you had been there. You've been through, you've been through a whole lot of these coaching changes. You know, in New York with with different New York sports teams, with the Jets, with the Giants, and whatever. Do you have any idea how many of these you've actually been through? You mean in all sports? I'd say ten thousand five hundred and seventy-six. I believe it is now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, lately, a lot. Lately, we haven't seen much winning in New York sports lately. So. Uh, um, you know, except for the Yankees, the Yankees had Girardi for a decade, and mm-hmm. and now it looks like they'll have. Looks like they should have Aaron Boone there for a while too. But beyond that, you know, the Mets are Mets are uh, probably on the verge of. Uh, I would guess firing Carlos Beltran for his involvement in that uh, science stealing fiasco. So uh, uh, yeah, we've I, I've seen a lot of turnover in a lot of franchises. So a lot of people. So you so you so you've sat through a whole lot of these these introductory press conferences like we sat through last I think it was Thursday you know with with Joe Judge and when when you think about these these press conferences before we get to what he said and and, and how he said it just in your perspective in your experience do these things do these introductory press conferences and what gets said and what kind of impression a coach may, makes, do they matter? No. They're just fun for us to talk about and write about and opine about, yeah. I guess. Look, look, except for Ben McAdoo's suit, uh, <laughs> I thought I thought he had a I thought he had a good press conference. Pat Shermer, remember the lights went out and he he was totally un he was not flustered at all. He cracked a joke. And That's right. Most of them, most everyone, it's hard not to win the press conference because the fan base is always looking for change, for somebody new and exciting because there's a reason that there's a new coach because the previous coach didn't win. So if you can't win the press conference, then, then you've got no chance at all. I I don't remember Ray Hanley's opening press conference, but I doubt if it was a disaster. I mean, the guy was the guy was bright, um, but he was obviously in over his head. But most, almost every every coach or manager in every press conference wins the press conference. The problem for many of them is when the games begin. That is very, very true, Steve. So initially, let's just talk a little bit about what we heard from from Joe Judge on Thursday, though. I mean, he was he was pretty forceful. He was pretty direct. You could see why 
you know, John Mara and, and Dave Gettleman said that, that they kind of fell in love with him when they interviewed him on Monday. Um, just, you know, your, your thoughts in general on what we heard from him last week. Well, he, he looked, looked like a very, to me, I mean, people made the comparison to Tom Coughlin's opening or introductory press conference. Uh, I looked at him and, and I saw a, a, a big commanding presence that reminded me of Bill Parcells, actually. Um, but the message is almost always the same. They all want a tough, smart team that's fundamentally sound and doesn't beat itself, right? You don't, you don't, you don't hear a coach get up at a, a football coach get up and say, uh, "Yeah, I want a uh, uh, a finesse team uh, that doesn't tackle well." You, you, you don't hear that, and you won't hear that. But uh, look, he had a commanding presence. He seemed very bright. He is very bright. Um, he's a teacher, and. You got the pres- you got the feeling from him that uh, uh, he's a no nonsense guy. Now he's not, you know. Shermer came aboard, and everybody was excited that he was going to be an offensive guru, a quarterback whisperer who could get whatever was left out of Eli Manning, and then uh, guide and develop the next Eli Manning. So that's why he was hired uh, to replace McAdoo. Uh, again, McAdoo, another offensive guy. So this is not an offensive guy. He's going to need a uh, he's going to need a Jason Garrett or someone of that ilk, I believe, uh, to to bring along Daniel Jones. That's a very important hire. But this is an overseer. This is the CEO that Dave Gettleman talked about when he hired Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer was a good offensive coach. Good football man, but not a CEO. To me, Shermer was a vice president. Joe Judge, to me, looks like a president. That's that's an interesting way to put it. And and you've seen all different kinds of coaches. And we saw Tom Coughlin was a a CEO type head coach. Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer were really one side of the ball guys. I've always liked the CEO-type head coach. I know there are some guys in the league who are really successful as one side of the ball head coaches. Is that is that your preference as well, you know, for a guy that, that sort of steps back and, and oversees the whole program, or does it not matter to you? No, I, that's my preference. I mean, uh, you know, even, even Sean McVay, has a strong had a strong defensive coordinator in Wade Phillips. So, and and Belichick obviously is the classic CEO. But the key for Judge and for these guys uh, is to hire a great staff. Now, Judge hired Patrick Graham. We'll see how that pans out. He obviously knows him. Obviously trusts him. Believes in him. Uh, but he's got to hire. His, his, the offensive coordinator hire is a very important one. So, yes, I prefer a CEO who delegates and who sees the big picture. I think that's the way to go now in, in today's NFL. I, I happen to agree. I know some of these guys, Andy Reid has been successful as really an offensive side of the ball 
you know, play calling head coach, but I, I just like the CEO head coach because there's so much that gets involved in it. But Steve, you mentioned the assistant coaches and the, the staff and, and I tweeted this morning because people are freaking out about the fact that, that Joe Brady, the coach, the assistant coach from LSU landed in Carolina with Matt Rule and the Giants actually interviewed you know, Mike Shula for the offensive coordinator position. And they've hired a couple of guys that, that nobody ever heard of. I just get a kick out of people freaking out about hires that they know nothing about. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that everybody can have an opinion when they still don't know anything. But, but I, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see how, how a lot of these hires play out. But, but as you said, this offensive coordinator – is is really you know what it comes down to because Daniel Jones's future is really what it's all about for the Giants. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, look, you, you're going to have to Giant fans are just going to have to trust Joe Judge. You know, they they loved him on his, on press conference day, and he knows Joe Judge showed at least at the very beginning that. He, he's learned lessons from Belichick. He's learned his lessons from Nick Saban. He'll, I'm sure he'll tap into Belichick and, and ask his opinion of, of whatever coaches he plans on hiring, whatever other coaches. Uh, you just have to trust Joe Judge on this. And just because Joe Brady is hired uh, to, to be an offensive coordinator doesn't mean he's going to have success that's going to take the Panthers to the Super Bowl. Now, yeah, Giant fans would have been very excited about Joe Brady, but they would have been very excited about, they've been excited about, they were excited about Ben McAdoo when he got here too, right? Right, so, and they were excited about, I look at, I look at, you know, people were excited about Steve Spagnolo coming back as defensive coordinator, and what we learned about Spagnolo is you know, and then they were they were excited about James Betcher because right. of his resume, and that didn't work. And I just remember what Spag said when he came back the second time. He said, "I'm not a miracle worker." He said, "Coaches are not miracle workers. We need players," and and that's what it comes down to. I can't freak out about Patrick Graham's work in Miami because he had no players. Right. Exactly. Look, if if uh... Cam Newton comes back healthy, and that's a big if. Joe Brady's going to be a lot better as an offensive coordinator. Uh, Joe Brady also had uh, a fellow by the name of Joe Burrow, correct? Right. <laughs> yeah, that Joe Burrow is going to make a lot of offensive coordinators look good. He's going to make Zach Taylor look a lot better as a head coach than Andy Dalton and Ryan Finley did last year. So uh, I, you just have to trust Joe Judge. I think – I think he he'll find the right guy and, and the right fit for him. It's got to be the right fit for him and for Daniel Jones. Yeah, you know, Steve, I wasn't really going to get into this, but before I let you go, I want to ask you, you know, about the guy who is theoretically choosing those players, and we know that the Giants call it a collaboration, and we know that that Dave Gettleman doesn't doesn't quote unquote dictate 
you know who the players are going to be. But just in general, what are your thoughts on on Gettleman's couple of years with the Giants and, and their decision to uh, to keep him as general manager going forward? Well, look, the Giants very the Giants. It's not their way to fire GMs after two years. Uh, they 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 go way back with Gettleman. They they believed in Gettleman. You know, Gettleman came in and said, "I'm I'm going to kick ass." Well. Obviously, he didn't kick ass, but uh, he has made some good draft choices, and I think uh, I think he and Joe Judge will work well together. Joe Judge will be able to help him find free agents, which is which is where Gettleman has really struggled getting the right free agents. I think Judge's personnel acumen will will help. Gettleman uh, find better free agents than he has so far, which is which really isn't saying much when you look at the Omames and uh, who else? There's, there's a there's a litany of free agents that didn't pan out. Jonathan um, Stewart. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah ex- exactly. But um, you know what? What we forget, what a lot of us in the media forget, all at, at times is the mess that Gettleman did inherit. And um, the, the, the Giants have gone from one rock bottom to the next, it seems. And, look, you could make the argument that Gettleman should have gone the same time Shermer did, but that's not the Giants' way. And, um, and, and like, as John Mara did mention on one occasion, that Gettleman did spend the first year as, with the Giants fighting for his life. Um, which, which should not be overlooked, uh, and good, good for him, and thank God for him that he's healthy again. And uh, I think that that Judge and he will be looking for the same kind of players. And I think uh, Judge's personnel background will actually uh, get he and Gettleman uh, on the same page, and they'll find the right players for these for the Joe Judge Giants. All right, Steve. As long as the uh, as long as the Joe Judge Giants don't, you know, continue down the James Dolan New York Knicks path, I think the Giants fans will be happy. Well, no, they better not, because if they if they are, then then Joe Judge will be gone after two years, and and Gettleman will be gone with them. Um, no, look, they. Gettleman said at that press conference, at Joe Judge's press conference, that we're not as far away as people think. Now, a lot will depend on a lot of those young defensive players, the Dexter Lawrences and the Lorenzo Carters, uh, and those young defensive backs developing under the next head coach, under Judge and Patrick Graham. Uh, So... We'll see. I mean, they, they they do have some young players that they need to develop while Daniel Jones takes that second-year leap that, that we all thought Sam Darnold would, except Darnold, of course. You just pray that Daniel Jones does not come down with mono. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, uh let's let, let's let's not go there. Mono or or some other unique way to miss games in his second year. And they have the fourth pick in the draft. Who do you want them to draft, Ed? Uh, well, 
at this point, at this point, it's it's either got to be an offensive tackle or Isaiah Simmons, the the linebacker slash hybrid kind of player, um, who I think when when I listen to Joe Judge talk about the kind of players he wants, I think about Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know about you, yeah. but but I think about Simmons. Well, one of my sports editors uh, wants to try to draft Isaiah Simmons. Um, uh, the esteemed Mark Hale, my uh, uh, my right hand uh, man, in the uh, one of my right hand men. But uh, uh, then again, it's been it's been how many years now since the Giants drafted Carl Banks? 1984, last linebacker they picked in the first round. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, the linebacker position is one that that Giants fans scream about so much, but the reality of it is when you look at defenses and and I I I like Simmons not specifically because he's a linebacker, but because he's a he's more of of what coaches nowadays call a chess piece, guy that you can yeah. move around, but the linebacker position per se as as you and I, you know, kind of learned what a linebacker is, that really doesn't exist anymore or it's not as important as it used to be. Right. But but look at look at the cast of characters the Giants have returning at linebacker. Who who are they? Other than well, other than other than Ryan Connolly, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. Well that's that's one argument for drafting an Isaiah Simmons, I guess. The guy the guy's a playmaker. That's his position, playmaker. But, um, again, since they haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1984. Um, and, again, I, the top priority, if there's an offensive tackle that's rated equally with Isaiah Simmons, you've got to protect your franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. especially, since, especially since somebody's going to need to block Chase Young for the next decade. Yeah, that is that that is very true. But it, you know, but f- it's funny because that's another thing that, as much as Dave Gettleman talks about hog mollies and loves hog mollies and all of that, I don't think he has ever drafted a tackle in the first round in his uh, in his time in Carolina or with the Giants as, as GM. Yeah, he likes drafting running backs in the first round. I've noticed. Yeah, which uh, let, let let's let's not do that again. You know, let's let's not do that again. You know, the, the Giants have their running back, so let's not do that again. No, no, you won't have to worry about that. But McCaffrey, you picked McCaffrey uh, the year before you picked Barkley, and um, those two have worked out pretty well, I might add. But, uh, yeah, look, just because he – look, he hasn't traded down either. Maybe this year he trades down. If the Dolphins want to come up and take Tua or Justin Herbert, you know, he's sitting there at four, the Dolphins are at five. Maybe he can bluff the Dolphins into into taking uh, into trading trading up to four. That's a uh, that's a Belichick philosophy right there for you as well. So I, I you know that uh, the Giants being at four with uh, with quarterback needy teams right below them does put them in an interesting spot. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, then you know they need an they need some offensive line help. They need a pass rusher. Uh, they need linebackers, like you said. So uh, Joe Judge has his work cut out for him. But for priority number one right now is to get 
and experienced offensive coordinator for Daniel Jones. Exactly. Hey, Steve, last question for you before I let you go. It's been kind of amazing to me as the season wound down and as we've, as we've gotten away from the season, it, it's a little bit amazing that the 16-year career of Eli Manning and the probable end of that career with the Giants and probably hit the end of his NFL career has all sort of been an afterthought, you know, because of the way things went down. Just, you know, it, as a final thing here, just to offer your thoughts uh, on on the career that Eli Manning had with the Giants. Well, uh, I was there when he first uh, put on the uh, Chargers cap, and then uh, less than an hour later, I believe it was, he switched to the Giants cap because he didn't want to play in San Diego. Um, you know, it turns out Ernie Accorsi obviously drafted Eli Manning. So in an indirect way, you can credit George Young for drafting Eli Manning because, of course, he was George Young's uh, hand-picked assistant, uh, succeeded George Young. And uh, so Eli's a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my view, uh, not only for the two Super Bowls, but for his 210-game Ironman streak, uh, which which should not have ended at 210, as we all know. But uh, a guy that showed up for his team every single day and set an example of class and grace under pressure and how how you handle being the face of a franchise in the New York market. Uh, yes, he was 117 and 117, but he was so clutch, and his teammates revere him to this day, uh, old and young. So there's no doubt in my mind he's a Hall of Famer. What do you think, Ed? Oh, I agree. I I don't know if he's going to make it on the first ballot. I I think he's a Hall of Famer. You know, personally, you know, people because quarterbacks get more blame than they should and more credit than they should. People want to blame Eli Manning for the last six or seven years with the Giants. And in my view, and I'm interested to see if you agree with this, my view is that the Giants as an organization let Eli Manning down far more than he ever let them down. Oh, I agree 100%. I mean, you know, you could you could go back to the uh, Eric Flowers draft and uh, keeping him there for – for three years, uh, that didn't help. And um, they've had a revolving door. It seems like they've had a revolving set of offensive linemen ever since that Snee, Soybert, Deal, O'Hara, McKenzie uh, era. And, uh, you know, Eli obviously was a statue later on in his career, and he's not the modern-day guy that can improvise and get out of the pocket. We know all that. So... He needs an offensive line that can keep him upright. And when Dave Gettleman got here, he said, we've got to fix the offensive line. Well, he, he didn't fix it. He upgraded it a little bit, but he didn't fix it enough. And by that time, Eli was 37, and uh, his best years were clearly behind him. So there, were, there was an opportunity after that uh, Super Bowl 46 
there was about a three or four year period where Eli could have could have won another Super Bowl with better help in front of him and around him. No question. All right, and Steve. Be, I will as well. You know he he was always available, always accessible. You know, so many quarterbacks nowadays speak one day a week, and then they don't want to be bothered. Eli, if you had a question for him on a Friday, you could go up to him. He was such a gentleman, and and he'll be missed throughout that building. Yes, he will, Steve. Hey, thank you very much for uh, for spending some time for dropping some some George Young knowledge on me. Uh, you know, I, I I learned a couple things. I had no idea that. Uh, that Tim Tim Mara had wanted Gil Brandt, so uh, appreciate your, your dropping some knowledge on us, and we'll have to do this again. All right, anytime, Ed. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. Our thanks to Steve Serby for joining us and uh, dropping some knowledge on us. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check out our ongoing coverage on the website as we continue to give you as much information as we can about the Giants' search for assistant coaches to join Joe Judge's staff. And as we begin to uh, get you prepared for the 2020 NFL Draft with Chris Flum doing uh, position reviews right now we're also reviewing uh what the giants roster looked like uh, throughout the 2019 season and reviewing positions that we think where we think the giants will need help uh entering the the upcoming season so stay with us for all of that and we thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye